You're listening to SpartanUpPodcast.com, where we study success and everything required to create it. We interview people from all over the world that are successful, no matter how they define it. We are here in Pittsfield, SpartanUpPodcast.com. I've got Sephra, the wilderness refugee. What do we call it? <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. It's better every time. Rewilding expert. We got Johnny, Dr. Johnny. Yeah. It's like Dr. Phil. Yeah. And we got Colonel Nye, fresh out of the military. We brought him in just for this. Parachute. Fresh. One year. <laughs> One year out of the military. We interviewed Stephen Pressfield. You were there. There was a camera person with us. I don't remember her name. And uh, Marion, of course. She goes with us everywhere. One the only. Um, I, I had no idea. This guy is Sparta, right? Wrote Gates of Fire. You told me that book is, is distributed all over the U.S. military, even foreign militaries it read, is. read the book. It is. Um, he is the preeminent expert, expert on, on Sparta. Sparta, maybe Athens as well. Athens, uh, the Athenians, we, we talked about the Athenians with him. Kind of the, the, the difference between the two cultures and how they, they grew. There were rivalries. Yeah. Know, so. Yeah. He's um he blew me away. I mean, some of the books, Warrior Ethos, all the book. It's it's almost as if he had a wiretap in Spartan headquarters, and he's been writing feverishly about everything we believe in. I mean, this guy. Um, or vice versa. <laughs> 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 all right, you want to give you want to give him the credit? <laughs> I might have read the book. <laughs> <laughs> but um. I don't know. It's going to be a pretty amazing interview. I think you guys are going to love it. Um, you haven't seen it yet, obviously, but when you do, I think you're going to see some serious similarities to uh, everything we've been preaching. So either somebody has been reading his book and passing it on to us, well, or he's been... I feel like I heard that there's really not too much documented about the Spartans, right? Are they a secret society? I mean, I'll be interested to hear what he says, but... Secret society. Secret society. They were. Like, get, like, get ready like, to be like letting in some secrets. Yep, we're ready. And, and so here with Stephen Pressfield on the beaches of this Santa Monica? What yeah, it? Santa Monica. Maybe Santa, this is Venice. I Venice. think it's Venice. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, went out for a run this morning. I don't know how many miles he ran. I don't even know how many miles I ran, but we ran a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we're going to talk about um, Gates of Fire. Right? We're going to talk about uh, War of Art and, and just how you got it done. You lived in a car for a portion of your life. A van, so, actually, a, a Chevy a van. van. Well, that makes it a little easier. Yeah, yeah. And um, clearly a Spartan. And you wrote about the Spartans, so let's dive right in there. Like, why, why did you write about the Spartans? You could have written about anything, but you chose the Spartans. It, how did that happen? You know, Joe, I'm kind of a believer that uh, a book chooses you, in a way, you know? And uh, there was a, a passage in Herodotus. I'll answer this in a longer way than you want me to answer, but um, about uh, the Spartan Dionychus at the Pass of Thermopylae, with the thing about uh, the Persians, when they fire their arrows, they're so numerous, they block out the sun, and he said, good, we'll have our battle in the shade, right? And when I read that, I sort of instantly related to that guy, and I felt like, you know, I, I know that guy, you know? And I, I felt that the Spartans got a bad rap throughout history, you know? Everybody always talks about the Athenians who built the Parthenon and da 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 da, -da right? And the Spartans are always portrayed as these brutish thugs, you know, beating everybody up and have no sense of humor, da 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 da, -da. And I just thought, I want to bring a little humanity to that thing and uh, to that culture and bring it into the modern world so people can relate to it a little bit because I was just fascinated by it and I always thought that it was a culture almost from another planet. You know, it was so extreme. 
and uh, it just fascinated me, and uh, so I kind of plunged long, in. How long did it take you to research um, the Spartans, and, and how did you do that research? Ah, that's a good question. It's uh, oddly enough, I don't know if you know this, but the Spartans, we don't have a, we have like 24 words total written by actual Spartans. Because Sparta was such a secret society, they protected, they, they covered, you know, they, they concealed everything. So, but there is a lot in the ancient world written by other people, Athenians and so on and so forth. So I just, you know, read everything. There's not that much. And uh, a is lot there, of Gates of Fire is fiction. A lot of it is just sort of my imagination, projecting myself back into that world. Your interpretation. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. And, and, but they're using the book in, in modern day military yeah. uh, teachings. Yeah. Um, West Point. Maybe Marines. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so there, you must have struck a chord. What, what is it in there that you think that, that they're getting from the from the book? I think it's it's probably just what you guys do at the core of your Spartan races and stuff like that. It it's it was an expression, I think, of of the warrior ethos, of the the concept of honor, of soldierly honor, of warrior honor, and I think that these days in the kind of messy wars that we're in. Um, and I know this is true because I have a million letters and emails from guys, you know, who are in the shit, you know, that they feel like it's uh, such a gray area that people are fighting in. Um, it's not clear who the bad guys are, who the good guys are. And, and um, guys joined up and women joined up because they, had, they were aspiring to a certain ideal. And they find that uh, in the real world, the, that ideal is kind of hard to find, you know. So I think they respond to this story from the ancient world and these ideals from the ancient world and kind of think, uh, gee, I wish we had more of that or let's bring more of that into it. And obviously that's why people respond to what you're doing. To the Spartan right? race. Yeah, I think, I think with us, and, and you might uh, be able to comment on this, is um, I think with us people are lost, right? Uh -huh. and, and whether they work in a cubicle or, or they just don't know where they are in life or they've gotten off track, they're a little overweight, they're unhealthy, whatever it may be. And then... Um, this is a place to live. This is a new identity. This is, I'm a Spartan because uh -huh. I don't know what I was before, but, uh -huh. but now I can associate myself as a Spartan and be healthy and train hard and do these races. And, um, and so, yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. I guess there's something to pin yourself to where it's not gray, right? You're not right. just kind of sleepwalking through life. Right. And there also is, this is, this is a kind of a highfalutin word, but uh, honor. I think we're kind of starved for that today in our culture, you know, yeah. that, pr that prizes uh, the easy way to do anything, money, uh, sensation, Twitter, all of this kind of stuff, right? And, but what's missing, I think, is, is personal self-respect, right, where someone can say, well, I'm actually engaged in an honorable pursuit. And there's nothing, I mean, it's instant achievement of that when you embrace adversity and that's what what your what your concept is about right yeah. the harder it is the, the more you get out of it right yeah. and people obviously respond to that it seems counterintuitive it's like why would anybody want to go through these obstacles and do all this stuff like that but like uh, uh, like you say you'll know at the finish line right then you, you understand yeah, yeah no doubt about it I think um even just this morning, look, I don't think any of us really ever want to go out for a one or two hour run or anything, right? But, but I always force myself to do what I don't want to do. And, um, and then when you do it and you're done, you feel, you feel good. Is there any truth to, um, 
I heard that the leaders back then in Spartan times would say, um, those bastards are going to war. That's like a vacation for them compared to the training and the way they live. Was there, that's your, true. That's true. That's what they say about the Spartans and certainly about other, you know, I've been studying a bit about the Israeli army, the IDF, and that in many ways that's their theory too, that it'll be a relief to go to war because it's easier than the way we train, yeah. you know, which makes a lot of sense if you're training people. So that's, uh, my, my, that's my whole theory on frame of reference. I, um, uh -huh. When I was very young, I had my first business, and what intrigued me was um, I went through hundreds and hundreds of employees, but then I landed some Eastern Europeans, and I couldn't believe what happened. They, were, they worked harder than I did. I couldn't keep up with them. Ah. And, and so I studied it as a social experiment for myself, and, and what occurred to me was, well, they just came from a place that was harder than what I was throwing at uh -huh. them, so this uh -huh. was easy. <laughs> and and um, so I, I think frame of reference is such a key, which is what I think we just touched on, right? Their frame of reference training was so hard, war is right, easy. Right. And so I, I tell people, and I'd love for you to touch on this, I tell people, change your frame of reference. Make things harder on yourself. Take a cold shower in the morning, uh -huh. right? Do 300 burpees so that when you get the bad news during the day or somebody cuts you off in traffic, no big deal. Uh -huh. The burpees and the cold <laughs> shower, does that make any sense? It does. It makes perfect sense. I mean, I've even heard of that as a kind of a sales technique. That right when you're, this was from, where did I read this in um, McCormick? I forgot it's Mark McCormick, yeah, yeah. where he says that uh, if you're trying to convince somebody of something and they're resisting you, you know, nah, 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 don't try to overcome the resistance. Instead, change the, change the frame of reference. Like he would say, uh, if he's trying to, if I'm trying to sell you a house, and you say to me, "Wow, that is a lot of money for that house." If I say to you, "Yeah, but ten years from now," how much money is it's going to seem really, really cheap, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're absolutely right. Frame, changing the frame of reference is a great way to do that. Change and that's right. really what elite military units do or elite athletic units. Like they create this world that's so difficult, you know, that in the training aspect, in the artificial aspect of it, that when you get into the real stuff, it's easy. I heard um, Phelps's coach used to perfect, uh, purposely break his goggles or, or get him a, <laughs> huh? a, a flight that would get him late to the thing uh -huh. or, or, or take his shorts out of the bag so he didn't have any so that if that ever happened uh -huh. when they were in the Olympics, he'd be able to deal with it. And I guess... I never heard that before. Yeah, yeah. I guess at one point his goggles did flip in the Olympics, but he had trained uh -huh. for that, so he dealt with it. Uh -huh. I hope you're not sitting still while you listen. If you are, you better get a burpee break in. Hey guys, my producer says we need a lot of reviews on iTunes so that Apple will make it easy for you to find our show. Can you help us out by subscribing and writing a review? Would really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. So we're back and, and uh, it occurred to me, I don't know if it's just me or if it's everybody, but um, when I find my own resistance in something, like I don't want to get up t today and go run, I don't want to take the cold shower, I don't feel like drinking the green juice, I make myself do it. So, so you've studied resistance, whether it's outside forces or internal resistance. What, what are your thoughts there? Well, my thoughts on this came from being a writer. And as you know, when you, there's a million people who think they can write, right? But when you face, I put a blank page of piece of paper into a typewriter, or face a blank screen, all of a sudden everything changes, right? And you really become aware, and I, People have written me thousands of letters on this subject, 
that coming off of that blank page is this force, a negative force, just like to take a cold shower to go for a run. It says, no, 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 no. And it comes up with a million th reasons why you shouldn't do that, right? And also, it undermines your, that voice in your head begins undermining your self-confidence. Who are you to think you could start a business? Who are you? You had an idea for a race. Well, who's going to come to this race? You? Why should I listen to you, right? You know? And that is a voice of resistance. When, and as a writer, for years, that voice would steamroll me and defeat me. And finally, I just realized it's not me. It's not me that's thinking that thought. It's just it's this force called resistance with a with a capital R. So that changed my whole life in the sense that I now, when I woke up in the morning, I said to myself, I expect this negative force. I expect this thing, this enemy, the alien, the shark in Jaws, whatever it is. They're, it's relentless. It'll never give up. It's there every morning. You can never defeat it. And I just thought, well, each morning, just like you. I have to defeat this thing. There's a dragon, I gotta slay it. And, and, and so you evolve, like you have evolved with your race, certain techniques that will uh, give you the energy, give you the strength, give you the perseverance, because you have to defeat it. There's no way to fake your way around it. You know, as, as a writer or an artist that's trying to put something on the page, you just gotta make yourself, just like you see, you gotta make yourself get down there and do it. And the other aspect of this is that when you're in the military, let's say, or you're in an organization, discipline is imposed upon you from without, right? You have a sergeant that's kicking your butt, or you also have a system of rewards. If you do well, somebody pats you on the back, that kind of thing. But when you're a solitary writer or an athlete, there's nobody making you get out of bed in the morning. In fact, you're totally free to stay there all day and eat donuts and, you know, hang out at Starbucks, right? So it becomes not, not externally imposed discipline, but self-discipline. And beyond that, self-validation, self-reinforcement. I know this is part of your thinking too, Jill, where you've got to be the one that says to you, you did good today, Joe. You got out there, you ran your four miles, and you did it, and you know, a little, you, know you hated, but at the end of the day, when you finished, you said, this is great, I got it. And, and each success, I have a friend, Randy Wallace, the guy who wrote Braveheart and has done a bunch of, directed a bunch of movies, and he has a theory that he calls little successes. And in the morning, he just tries to have like one little success, and another one, and another one, until he actually has to sit down and do the work, which is really the hard stuff. And you know, going to the gym is a little success. You know, uh, having a healthy breakfast is a little success. Um, giving money to somebody on it, the street. It's, it's funny, uh, Admiral McRaven just did a speech and um, his thing was, um, you want to change the world, start by making your bed in the morning. And that was his message, yeah. right? Great. One little success and the second success. Right. And Which is a very Spartan thing to do too. Don't look to anybody else to do it. Right. You know, do it yourself, you know? Yeah. No, that's, the a great, stuff, yeah. that's, a, that's a great message. So what percentage of people in your mind have that ability uh, to not, they don't need a life coach. They don't need uh, somebody above telling them what to do because that's, those are the people I've been looking for my whole life, right? That's that Eastern European that showed up in my truck in the first business that just got right. it done. Right, Is that, are those one percenters? It's pretty small, I think, you know, because I, I consider myself you know, to be very strong at that. But even I, I need help too. You know, I need help. I do, need yeah. somebody that, so I think we're, we're crazy not to get help, you know? 
even if it's from your friends or something like that, if it's not a professional type of thing. But um, well, is that I, that's interesting though, because is that I noticed with Spartan Race, you you enter the race and all of a sudden you start finding new friends. Yeah, I bet and they that's start true. to up your game because they're waking up early, right? And so there's this um, pressure, this positive pressure that comes because there's a different. You're playing at a different le level of person around you. Does that absolutely? And I sort of have a concept that I talk about as a way of overcoming resistance. It's turning pro that you sort of flip the switch in your mind and you're no longer an amateur that's gonna give in to adversity, right? And you know, you, you become a pro and you're willing to play hurt and all that sort of thing. What happens, and I'm sure you found this too, Joe, is when you kind of flip that switch in your mind, new friends come into your life. Not old friends drop away. They say to you, what happened to you, Joe? You're not the same guy, man. What are you out running along the beach for, you know? We want you to stay here getting stoned with us and doing nothing, sure, right? Sure, sure. And so those friends fall away, and, uh, and new friends come into your life. And that's, I guess, what you're just talking about here, right? And each one sort of ups the game, ups the game. of the other person. Yeah. You know? Because you see it work for somebody else, and they see it working for you. And... And it's hard, because every day it's against resistance. It's against that force, like gravity, that's trying to hold you down. And you're I, lo I love what you're saying about force. Yeah, I love what you're saying about resistance, because if you know going in, all right, I'm going to wake up in the morning, I've got to deal with this resistance. If you know that going in, well, then you're not caught off guard by it, right? Exactly. And like what you said about Michael Phelps and you know, yeah. his coach. But yeah, but that's true. I, to me, that's, that's a law of life. You know, just like there's gravity, you know, we drop a penny, it's going to fall on the ground. There's resistance. It's there. What do you do? It's always there. So that most of the resistance you just talked about is the internal resistance. What about the external resistance? What about the naysayers? Because um, the external resistance is easy compared to internal. internal resistance. The real devil is inside our own minds. But for the naysayers, I think you just have to get rid of them. You know, you can't have them in, in your just life. Just get rid of them. Yeah. If they so work for you, you got to fire them. And, I'd and, have no and, friends, though. <laughs> so I'm many, sure that's not so true. So many naysayers. That's not true. But the naysayers are dealing with their own resistance, right? That's what's coming up with them, that you're putting them in a position where they can succeed, where they can go to the next level, so their own resistance kicks in. They don't, they don't want to do that. So they, that responds. But if you can help them and, you know, help them get over that, yeah. That's probably the best way to do it. Well, some people just like saying nay, you know, that's kind of their, their we, DNA. Um, I've said it a lot myself. This is you a, have to train yourself, don't you? This is a Spartan. This is a true Spartan. I think you probably came from 431 BC or something. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that drives me crazy, uh, Stephen, is uh, you get these successful people like yourself. They don't take care of themselves. They, they do really well in one silo of their life. They don't they don't take care of the most important silo, which is health, right? Because your brain sits inside your body. If your body's not healthy, your brain's not healthy. How do you do it? You look fit, you look healthy, um, you probably eat well. What, what's your trick? Just the same thing that you do, Joe. You know, I mean, I get up early and I go to the gym and I try to, you know, and it took me a long time. I had a lot of resistance against that and I still have a lot of resistance against that. But I sort of said to myself, you know, I can do it in one side of my life. Why am I letting the other side of my life, you know, fall apart? Why don't I turn pro? In that side of my life too, but it's an, for me it's an ongoing struggle. But I try, you know, not to eat too many donuts, and I try to get up and go to the gym. And and uh, but I'm sure I just follow the same rules that you do. And do it I the best love I, can. I love this thing of turning pro, right? Don't be average. 
I like that a lot. That's um, because once you accept that, then then it's like, do you ever read this blog? Um, Will it make the boat go faster? No. So so I'm going to screw up this this uh, story, but it's. Um, English rowing team, they're going to go up in the Olympics against the Australians, there's no way they're going to win. Uh -huh. And they said, look, for the next four years, everything we do, we're going to ask ourselves, will it make the boat go faster? Uh -huh. Hey guys, you want to go to the movies tonight? It's not going to make the boat uh -huh. go faster, we're not going to movies, uh -huh. we're not eating donuts, we're uh -huh. not. And they won. Uh -huh. And so that's really what you're saying, right? Is, is, yeah. Uh, but the, here's what I think the, really helps me about the concept of turning pro, is that it, it takes away the idea of judgment. For instance, if we're not doing what we want to do, right, we keep uh, eating wrong or we're not taking care of ourselves or we're just screwing up with our family, da-da-da-da. There's usually two ways you think about it. Either you think uh, there's something wrong with me, I'm like a bad person, I'm sinning, right? And that's a judgment against you. And that doesn't help, right? That doesn't make the boat go faster. Or we think uh, I'm sick, you know? Like alcoholism, alcoholism is just something wrong with me. I need to be cured. Da da da. Again, that's a judgment. And again, it doesn't make the boat go faster. But if you think instead, well, what's going wrong is I'm thinking like an amateur, and not like a pro. That to me takes the judgment. It's just like, oh, I'm just thinking incorrectly. So all I have to do is kind of change that attitude. And you know, not that it's that easy to do. It's very hard to do. But it takes the judgment, it takes that terrible burden away if there's something wrong with me or I'm, I'm sick. Instead, it's just, oh, I was thinking wrong. I just had a wrong attitude. Yeah, no, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. We can go on forever there. And it's free, too. Let, let's go, uh, let's just talk. You, you, are you allowed to sell any? You've sold so many books, you can't sell anymore, can you? What, what are the, <laughs> the, the big books. Um, the we war, don't have to do that, Joe. Well, the okay. War, war of Art. I, just, I want these people to read it. War of Art. What, is that the one you'd recommend that everybody reads? Yeah, Gates that's a good one. Yeah, and there's another one called The Warrior Ethos that I gave you a bunch of these good. today. Yep. And, uh, you know, but that's enough. You know, I'm not here to sell anything. I'm, I know. Somebody said to me, I don't know if this is the, applicable, what you just said, that um, the reason companies don't last but cities do is cities will evolve, right? Ah. And they'll have these negative influences and, and parts will die off and other parts will pop up. But corporations get so structured, I think, I think is what you just described, that they, 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 they don't change and they don't adapt. And yeah, I mean, that's, I think, part of any organization. I mean, a yeah. corporation could evolve, but, right? Yeah. Some of them certainly have. Yeah. And certain countries and cities don't evolve, right? Right. I mean, I think the United States is at one of those points right now. You know, yeah. not that we want to get into politics, but uh, sure. I think we're being stretched right now. With what's the next vision of America, you know? I it's, think it's, we it's need to Spartan go. race. It's, it's simple, really. <laughs> Just make everybody do Spartan race and we'd solve the problem. <laughs> well, there's something to that, you know? Well, there's no, um, what's the word I'm looking for where people, like in Israel, everybody goes to into the military, right? And so that, I think that's powerful. Um, damn it, I can't think of the sentence I'm, I'm thinking of, but everybody has to go through a rite of passage, uh -huh. right? I mean, yeah. as many cultures do that, we don't do that anymore. Um, that's true. And so um, Spartan could be the right of passage. Uh, maybe so. <laughs> well, thanks what's for coming. What's great about it, Joe, yeah. what's great about Spartan races and Spartan Up is that it's ultimately up to the individual. It's a volunteer situation, right? Nobody's forcing anybody to do it. People do it because they've reached a point in their life usually where the, you know something's not working, right? And they say, I've got to try something new. And nobody forces you to keep doing it, whether it's your race and your system or any any. Um, you know, exercise and self-discipline. Nobody makes you do it and nobody makes you keep doing it. So that commitment and that determination, that ethic has to come from, from within. within. And uh, 
I think the more we can, we can do that, any society, the healthier it is. You know, the less things have to be imposed from outside against our will or, you know, yeah. the better. Because it's freedom, it's a choice, right? And, and it's a choice in the face of adversity, a choice even to but, but, embrace adversity. But would you, I, I go back and forth in my mind, wouldn't you rather just cut out, like if you were running a government, you just cut out soda, cut out donuts, cut all that stuff out, or you you rather give people that choice, cigarettes? I'd give them the choice, I think it definitely, because that way we, we all have to, we have to make that choice, right? In a way, that's why God gave us free will, right? He could have, you know, designed the universe where everybody just woke up in the morning and started running and doing, right? That's really instead, what I'm looking for. Maybe you know, if we uh, could just, like, <laughs> lights out at yeah. eight, everybody goes to bed, celery and water is the only food you can eat. But You know, uh, this is, we'll, we'll go a little farther <laughs> than we should go here, but um, you can cut this out. Um, have you ever read Pericles' Funeral Oration? No. In, this, in uh, Thucydides, History of the Peloponnesian War. Sounds like totally abstruse, but it's not. He, Pericles was like the greatest Athenian, right? In the golden age, he was the leader. And Athens was the rival of Sparta, right? And each, once each year, a citizen was chosen of Athens to give a speech in praise of the city of Athens. And he gave this one speech. It's really worth reading. And basically what he said was, the Spartans are rivals, so we respect the hell out of them, but they have to beat the hell out of each other, you know, and train each other from birth and impose this rigid, rigid system to, to achieve what they've achieved. But here in Athens, we, have, we believe in absolute freedom for the individual, and we're just as tough as they are, you know? And, he, and so he made the case of uh, that, that that freedom of choice just as was uh, empowering really empowering, you know, because the Athenians didn't just lie around and eat donuts all day. They were out there, you know, conquering the world and doing other things. Yeah. So it's really interesting that those two cities in ancient Greece that had polar opposite concepts of what would work, and yet they both, they both worked. They both, they both were great. We might so have to cut that part. human nature. We might cut that uh, part cut out. That. Just <laughs> <laughs> sort of two sides of human nature, right? Correct. We each have the, yeah. that side, yeah. So, uh, so if you buy into the program, on either side, and, and you have the strong leader that has the vision, and then you buy into it, you're still going to be successful. It's just like, yeah. you know, this football team versus that football team, the coaching techniques, you know, but as long as the team is bought into it, and everybody's yeah. rowing that boat together to make it go faster, you're still going to rise. Yeah. Yeah, this, Joe doesn't this, want any of that. This was <laughs> awesome. Lights out at eight, celery and water only, <laughs> and read the book. All right. Okay, Joe, it's a real Thank, pleasure. That, Thanks that for great. having me. Thank you. Another great interview. Um, Pressfield, the preeminent, uh, as you said, the preeminent uh, scholar on Life of Spartan. So it was really great to hear you and him kind of going back and forth there. That interview was so in interesting that um, people were walking by us on the beach and stopping, yeah. roller skaters, you, you name it, and just listening. And then afterwards, giving us their information, their email, because they want to learn more. They found it so fascinating, the interview. That was a great one, yeah. So yeah, twenty-four words. So I, I was right. There's not too much information on the spot. Yeah, no, but he only had the twenty-four words yep. to work with. Yeah. And he had to kind of yeah. extrapolate out from there and kind of put some maybe of his own historical spin in there. But I think he's he's captured the essence of it for sure. Amazing culture, um, and 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 I don't know, Johnny, if you agree with this or not. But we had a little bit of a discussion regarding the Athenians and the Spartans. The Spartans had to live life this way; they had no choice. The Athenians 
were a little more lax. They had a little easier. They did it. They believed in arts and all that. And um, <laughs> arts and all that. All that, all that nice. stuff. All that. Culture, yeah, yeah, democracy, education, literature. And and he said, look, they both they both reached uh, massive success. So the question really he posed was, you know, is one way better than the other? And ultimately, what he determined, which I thought was interesting, which applies to where you recently came from was uh, you have to have a system where everybody's working together, where the boat is being rowed in the same direction. Yeah. And and it doesn't matter if you're forcing people to just eat celery and water and, or, or you're- the boat go faster. Yeah, or you're right. letting them uh, play around with well, culture. You know, <laughs> culture. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's funny because, um, you know, obviously we're embracing the, the values of toughness and resilience and, um, and those admirable qualities that the Spartans had. But you're not forcing people to do that. You're, you're creating an opportunity for them to, and yeah. they're choosing to dive in and do that. You know, he talks about resistance, the idea that when you wake up in the morning, there's going to be resistance, right? So rather than resent that and wish there wasn't and, and spend your day in, in resentment, it's how do you embrace that resistance? So I'd suggest that the Spartan culture that you're creating is allowing people to choose that. So it's, it's a bit of the best of both worlds, right? Ho hopefully they listen to music on the way home. <laughs> yeah, what a lot of the Spartans don't know is those little um, wristbands we give them with the chip yep. that times them is also an electrocution device. <laughs> <laughs> so and GPS. Should they slow down, we give them a little zap. <laughs> so maybe it's not as optional as I <laughs> thought. As no, as but I mean, it's amazing. Like, right, so you talk about the fact that Sparta's created a community that people identify with, right? And he talks a lot about internal versus external um, motivation. And he says at the end of the day, right, you have to be the one that can say, I had a great day, you did a great job. And it's that internal motivation that drives you, right? Ultimately, that will drive you to finish a Spartan race or drive you to overcome obstacles in your life. And so I, I just, I found what he said just resonated so well. And I really liked what he said also about um, going pro, right? Not being an amateur. And, um, and I, think, I think it's a great philosophy. I mean, and by the way, that's our philosophy, right? I mean, that's the reason we're doing the podcast. We want everybody to go pro. Um, I feel like it's wasting a life when people are kind of just sleepwalking through it and being mediocre. Ocker? Mediocre. <laughs> Mediocre. Okra. Yeah. Okra. I know okra is a food. But he talked about the challenge, though, and he, and he talked to you and he said, you know, if you think all these things are obstacles or challenges, try staring at a, black, a blank page. Yeah. You know, and, and writing. Trying to write something, to create something. You know, you've got to start from nothing and create, and you've got to confine it to this one page and just how hard that is, and that he could sit and stare at it, you know, for hours before. Stuff starting starts, yeah. you know yeah. and just uh, so you know ideas are every bit as challenging as physical events are as well yeah i agree with that go yeah. pro on both sides is what he says right well and and you know when we think about the idea of spartan and creating a spartan environment for yourself where there's not an option but to get up and go work out or to get up and write or whatever and, and you look at in our culture we're bombarded with choice bombarded with options all you know go into the grocery store and there's a thousand health unhealthy choices in front of you if your kids open the cupboard and there's healthy food in there they don't have a choice anymore, right? So I think that uh, that there's a way to harness that to to create situations where if you have to write, your Wi-Fi is turned off. You sit down and there's a blank page, and it's going to stay blank until you fill it in. You're not going to get healthy until you go out and, and put the food in your body and exercise. Ask Jason Jacksetic, right? Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> no Wi-Fi there. He gets a lot done. So, so, but the idea is that is that we can create situations in our own life that mirror and mimic. Um, the environment the Spartans lived in, where they didn't have a choice but to be tough. They didn't have a choice but to be pro productive. Um, but it's, it's incumbent upon us to create that in our own lives now because if it's just left well, to we don't society. Have, we, for me, the dream would be to, to wake up and, and join a, a, a society, a city like that, right? 
It doesn't exist, like you said. I'll, ma- so. I'll make one for you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then what would you create? Because if you joined a society that was already where you wanted it to be, you personally would then want to go do something else. Yeah, you know, so, I, I mean, you, some you, people, yeah, some you, people you, say that because I said, man, I would have loved, you know, I have a lot of military envy. I would have loved to be in the military. Yeah. And people say, well, Joe, you wouldn't have been able to create. It would have been. And um, boy, it would have just been so much easier. Just but wake you, but up. But you don't embrace easy. That's exactly right. It's, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I ahead. mean, you know, I mean, you are. It, it would have been easier. You than, with people not, of your ilk, you know, the, the one percenters that we're talking about, the guys that have the vision and the creativity and the drive and the passion sustained over time, to drop them in the middle of something that makes them content yeah. would kill them. Exactly. They, they need to continue to push. Yeah. yeah. That it's just yeah. it's it's hard because um you got to carry all that responsibility all that and, yeah you and, may be happy but not content how's that there you go <laughs> I I think, I, yeah i think yeah. um i think i would have really enjoyed it but who we'll never know <laughs> we'll never know so I never my kids, never my kids get to live in a city like that through me <laughs> it's called home it's called, home. It's called pittsfield <laughs> awesome well right. I'm, I'm i'm really grateful I, I knew very little about that and so uh you know so these people that you're seeking out and finding uh i guess that's the whole point of these podcasts is to to open this up to a broader audience but even for us i mean you're, you're finding some people that are just blowing me away this is phenomenal no it's great and um people that go to spartanupodcast.com are going to get the opportunity to go to tim's corner and tim's corner the colonel's corner where um they can, it's an interactive corner where you can send him <laughs> you can sit there at the wall with me <laughs> <laughs> you can send him all types of questions i, I, you I, can, I let the viewers in on this uh, you may have heard this in, a, in an earlier one. Uh, Tim had referred to the interactive elements of our site that had not yet been envisioned, much less created. So Joe has now tasked it to Tim and called it the Colonel's Corner. So he will be sitting in front of a blank page of technology. Did you like this episode of Spartan Up? Go to SpartanUpPodcast.com where you can leave comments, you can watch videos, and you can learn what the other members of our team, Sephra, Johnny, Colonel Nye, had to say about that interview you just heard.